So I just hit record and I'm recording this podcast episode, episode 386 of the Leslie Samuel show. And this one is going to be different. I've been saying that. I feel like I've been saying that a lot recently, but this one is really, really going to be different. And I'll give you some context as to how I'm doing this episode. Uh, let's see. Two nights ago, I think it was two nights ago. I, I'm I'm currently in Saint Martin on vacation. Um, Saint Martin is where I'm from. And two nights ago, I went out with a friend, and uh, we went uh, to this uh, restaurant. We meet every time I come down here to talk through some business stuff because I work with her on some things. And at the kind of coming down to the later part of the conversation. I was talking about where things are with me and my business and where things are going because there's a lot that I'm changing, <laughs> as you're going to see. Um, and I was talking to my friend. I was talking to Ife. And what I'm doing now, because that conversation was very impactful for her. And what I'm doing right now is I am acting as if you are her. <laughs> and you're sitting down next to me on the couch and we're talking about this stuff. So this is not, this is not one of those episodes where I'm recording it to the masses. I'm sitting down with you and we are having a conversation. Actually, uh, la- last night... I got onto uh, Clubhouse. It's a relatively new app, an audio live audio app. And I saw that there were a few of my friends in this room. And I went in there and they asked me what was going on. And I told them some of the similar things. And it was very impactful for them. So I figured if it was impactful for Ife, if it was impactful for you, I mean, for them, <laughs> it, it could be impactful for you. So I'm switching into friend mode right now, and you're my, you're my, you're my good friend. Maybe we're going on a walk, um, and we're talking, or we're sitting down on the couch, and we're talking. I don't know what the title of this episode is, but I hope it impacts you in some way. A few... No, not a few weeks ago. Last week, I was in a mastermind meeting. And this mastermind meeting was uh, one where I was in the hot seat. And in the mastermind meeting, we have people from all over the world. Um, This is not the mastermind group that I've been in for eight, nine years. This is a relatively new mastermind group that started this year. And I was in a hot seat. And in my hot seat, here's what I was talking about. You know, I've set some aggressive goals for where I want my business to be. Um, And I set one aggressive goal with this mastermind. We all had to create our impossible goal and share it with each other and the purpose of this mastermind group or one of the main purposes of this mastermind group is for us to hold each other accountable to this 
impossible goal. I'm going to read to you what my impossible goal was that I wrote. Where is it here? I'm looking in this. Okay, my impossible goal. I am creating a platform that empowers 100,000 creators every week to create the future they want to see. And this was my impossible goal for the next three years. And the intention of that impossible goal, I believe, came from a very good place. I want people to see that, man, you could... You could create something. You could create that platform. You can create a business where in doing that, you create the future you want to see. Kind of like when I started my biology blog, I wanted to be a university professor. This biology blog, by, by, by creating it and by creating the content, that landed me my dream job as a university professor. To some extent, I was able to create that future with what I did. And I want other people to be able to do that too. I want people to be able to build businesses and have flexibility and have time to spend with family and all that stuff. It came from a very pure place. Not just that. I know what it takes to get to that point. I know what you have to do. I work with clients that are doing just that and then some. Um, I know what it takes to make it happen. But every time I try to pursue it, I start pursuing it and then I kind of fall off. I start this new thing and I fall off. I, 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 I go after it. I post this kind of content that gets engagement on social media. I do it for a little bit and then it kind of falls off. And I just kind of fumble around to a certain extent. And it made me question the goal. Why was I not motivated? Why am I not motivated enough to do what I need to do consistently to accomplish that goal? What is it? I know that whatever I put my mind to do, whatever I decide, hey, I'm going after this, I can accomplish it. I know it. If I really, really want to do it, I will accomplish it. So why, <laughs> why was I kind of waffling on this? Then one of the ladies in the mastermind group asked me a question. She said, Leslie, why do you want to reach 100,000 people? Why 100,000? I paused. And then I said, now that is a great question. And I said, and honestly, 
I don't know. And then they, they kind of looked at me like, hmm, okay. Make a long story short, because it was a very, it was a very powerful mastermind session. Make a long story short. I realized that my why wasn't big enough. Because as I told them in that mastermind meeting, I am not, I'm not motivated by fame. I'm not motivated by, um, well, I'm not motivated by fame. I'm not motivated by money. Um, I'm not motivated by people knowing my name. What I'm motivated by is, and if you've been following me for a while, this shouldn't be a surprise. I'm motivated by helping, helping, okay, so we're right now sitting on this couch together or we're going for a walk, whatever we're doing in your mind. (laughs) In that moment, I am motivated by seeing you realize something that can have a, a tremendous impact on your life. I'm motivated by when I have a coaching experience with someone and they have an aha moment that changes everything. I am motivated by the conversation that we are having at this moment. And, and, and if we were here in person, I'm motivated by asking you questions and going deeper and, and, and bringing the conversation to a place where there's insight, where there's that light bulb moment. That, that's the kind of stuff that motivates me. The numbers? No. And what I realized was whenever I set a goal to go after numbers, that is when things get inconsistent. That is when I start and I lose steam. That is when I run after something like full force for a few weeks and then I kind of fall off because it does nothing for me. I'm not motivated by money. I can't be motivated by money because when what I'm pursuing is the money, that's when I get inconsistent. That's when I start full steam ahead and then lose that steam because it's not enough. It is not enough for me to go after fame, to go after fortune or any of that stuff. So by the end of that hot seat, I had put away a weight. It's not just that, actually. There's something else that I noticed. And what I noticed was, yes, like I said, I know what it takes to get to that point where you are reaching those numbers. I've seen it done over and over. I've helped people do it. I, it's, it's what I, like, I understand how it works. And oftentimes... 
when I see people doing the types of things that will cause them to grow in that way, it actually turns me off. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I set this goal. I know what I have to do. I start doing it and I lose steam. And when I see many of the things, when I see people doing many of the things that have to be done in order to get to that point, it turns me off. Even though I don't see anything wrong with pursuing that kind of growth as long as it's coming from the right place, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see anything wrong with you saying, man, my, I have 1,000 subscribers. I want to get to 10,000 or 100,000. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with you saying, I'm making $2,000 a month in my business. I want to get that to 5,000. No, that's awesome. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to help people to accomplish because I know what it can do for their situation, for their life, for their family, for everything. So it, it is a noble pursuit when it's done in the right way. But I found myself with a visceral response, a vis not response, a visceral reaction to many of the things that I see people doing in order to get to that point. So with all that incongruency, with all of that stuff, it showed me that something was wrong. And by the end of that session, I had taken this weight off of myself. This 100,000 person weight was removed. And instead of trying now to say, I'm going to reach 100,000 people on a weekly basis, instead, what I'm saying now is, I'm talking to you. And in our conversation, or in a conversation that I have, a coaching experience, in uh, uh, you know uh, whatever I'm doing, where I am interacting with that person, person, with you, with whoever, I am there. I am present. I am fully there for you in a way that can lead to some awesome revelations. When I am there with my wife, I am fully there with her not distracted by you. When I'm there with my kids, I am fully there with them, not distracted by the person outside or anything of that sort. Like that, that right there motivates me. That's part one of this conversation that we're having. Part two of the conversation is this, and it, it's more spiritual in nature. And this is the more significant part. Over the last few months, I've had a very specific morning routine. And that morning routine looks like this. Right, since I, uh, around when I turned 40. So it's been August, September, October, November, December. Four months. I wake up in the morning. 
and I wake up at 4.45. And when I wake up at 4.45, between 4.45 and 9, when I start work, these are the things that I do. I spend about two hours with God. Two hours where I'm either studying the Bible, um, uh, uh, studying the people of the Bible, speaking to God, going for a walk, talking with God, and just kind of anchoring myself. I, you know, I, I reached to the place where, you know, I've been reading the Bible all my life, and I feel like I don't know the Bible. And I wanted to change that. Not just that. I wanted to change the way that I look at the Bible because I realized that I look at the Bible in a very biased way. If there are things that agree with the way that I've been brought up, I accept it. If there are other things that seem kind of contradictory, I, I don't know what's going on there. It, you know, I'm just kind of glossing over this stuff anyway. I'm just going to pull out the things that are very important to me. And I realized that, no, 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 no. <laughs> if I really want to understand what's going on in this book, I have to search it deeply, like go deep into it in terms of the original context of what it meant, you know, right? So I started with Genesis 1-1, and I'm into the book of Leviticus now, and I'm going through this study called Torah class. And Torah class is basically looking at the first five books of the Bible from a Hebrew perspective. Since the, it was written in Hebrew to Hebrews at the time um, in a Hebrew context. And unless you fully understand that context, you don't fully understand what it's saying. That is my assumption. My assumption is in order to understand the, the context of, uh, of those books, I need to understand the culture at the time, and I need to explore it fully. So that's exactly what I've been doing. I've also... Um, I know for me that I'm more motivated when I understand the people that are involved in the Bible. So I got this huge Bible family tree from Adam and Eve all the way down to Jesus and the hundreds of names and how they're all related. And every morning I'm kind of studying one piece of that. Now I'm, um, uh, I've gotten from Adam and Eve all the way to the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 children of Jacob, um, 12 sons of Jacob. And what has happened as a result of me spending that two, sometimes more, sometimes less, but usually around two hours in the Bible and with God and so on, is that it's been changing so much of what's going on in my mind. It's been changing so much of how I look at things. And because I'm understanding who the people were and I'm reading, you know, this one begat this one begat this one and you usually gloss, gloss over those things. Now I'm getting, now I'm getting the context and now I'm, now I'm understanding a little more of what's actually going on. And it's been one of the most rewarding things of my life. 
And that has changed the way I interact with people. And it's changed the way I look at life. It's changed my level of happiness. It's given me a different type of joy. It has literally changed everything for the better. My relationships, my friendships, my my coaching, my everything. And I'm looking at that and I'm seeing, man, if I'm spending this time, like, no, no, not just that. It's, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, if I'm spending this time and it's having these effects, why would I not want more of that? Like, <laughs> obviously I'm coming from a Christian background. You might be listening to this and you're not a Christian. If not, well, you know a little more about how I process things as a Christian. If you are a Christian and you are listening to this, why would you not want more of that? I was thinking about it the other day. I, I stumbled onto some information because my kids are always asking questions about things and life and the universe and so on. I am this human being, all right? I'm this human being on this planet called Earth. I am, I am like a speck <laughs> on this Earth thing that we're on. And we tend to think, man, Earth, man, this is the center of the universe. This is where everything is happening. And then you take Earth and you look at it in comparison to the sun. And you're like, oh, shoot. This Earth thing that seems so big is so small because it looks like this little tiny ball next to this huge ball that is the sun. Now, the thing that I stumbled onto when my son asked the question is, the sun is actually nothing but a, a huge star, right? It's just way bigger than the stars that we see. And as a result of that, there's tremendous amount of energy and light and all that good stuff. So now you think, Man, we are nothing in comparison to this this sun, which is this huge star. But then when you take the sun and you compare it to some other stars of other universes, th th this sun that seems so huge is like this little speck of dirt next to this huge ball. <laughs> so now, you know, it really puts into context like who we are in the scheme of things. And if you, if you, like me, believe that there's a God that created all of this stuff and that this God is like, like he cares about what happens in our lives. And for me, this little speck of dust, dust in the grand scheme of things, I think that I know so much. I know nothing in comparison So if I want to accomplish the fullest extent of what I am meant to accomplish, I could go to another speck of dust. <laughs> I could go, I can go to this expert in this and this expert, and there's nothing wrong in doing that. Alternatively, 
what if what if I went to the creator of all of this? Like, how much more would I get? And just like I was telling my friend Ife when we were talking, I'm like, you come into me asking me about, you know, what you should be doing in life? You come into this little speck of dust saying, you know, hey, what should I do? When you have access to the 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 creator of all of this stuff, man, you thinking small. <laughs> and that's what I've realized about myself. I rely on the experts around me to tell me what I should be doing, to tell me how I should be posting, to tell me what social networks I should be on, to tell me, you know, how to optimize my blog. Once again, those are things that if I'm trying to grow in those areas, I should be doing. It makes perfect sense. And I'm not saying don't do that. But what I'm saying is, while doing that, recognize the context. Recognize that there's a creator of all of this that knows everything. And that if we have a foundation in that, in him, man, you know they say the sky is the limit? The sky is the beginning. The sky is the beginning. So what I've been toying around with is this. You know, in the Bible it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And all these things have been added unto you. I mean, will be added unto you. What if that's true? What if that is true? You know, there are three big pivotal things that I've learned in life over the last 10 to 15 years. And they've come from different experiences. I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again. First experience in Germany, doing my master's degree, the department sent me there to do research and they paid me, they paid for all of my education and they gave me a stipend of a thousand bucks a month. I was doing well for going for, for going to, to school for, for this little island boy from St. Martin now getting education paid for and the education in the school cost many thousands of dollars a year. And then they are paying me on top of that. Beautiful arrangement. Second time they sent me, they ran out of money. And because they ran out of money, they could only give me $200, $250 a month. I had a $200 All that being said, at the end of the first week, I was out of money. And I had three weeks left in the month. And that was one of the most impactful times of my life. Because what I learned, 
I would wake up in the morning, I'd spend time with God, and then I would be excited to go out. Because like I said, God, God, you know I need food. And if you know I need food and you have access to all the food in the world, you're going to provide for me. And I'm so excited to see how you're going to provide what you're going to provide for me. And I would go out. And as I went out, you know, I might go into the office and there'd be a surprise birthday party for one of the, the, the staff there. And I'm like, hey, God, hey, thanks for hooking it up. I knew you were going to take care of me today. And, I, and that is how he took care of me for the three months that I spent in Germany. No food. I mean, no money to buy food. But I was fed right then what God taught me is that I don't need to be attached to any things. I don't need to be attached to any things because all of the things he can provide for me, 100%. So he, he took away the importance of things for me. That is why I always say I'm not motivated by money because I know even if I don't have money, I have access to the creator of everything who will take care of me, who can take care of me. That's lesson number one. Don't be attached to things. Lesson number two, and I always preface this one by saying it sounds terrible, but it gets somewhere that I think is a good place. going into class teaching my biology class at a high school and my students are walking in i'm in front of the class getting ready to teach get a call from my mom she's crying i step out of my class as the students are going in i'm like what's going on long story short because many of you have heard the story many times before or a few times before my dad wasn't doing well. She had no idea what was going on. His blood pressure went sky high and then it went like down to the floor and it was fluctuating so much that things got kind of crazy. They had to induce him into a coma here in St. Martin and fly him out immediately to the country of Colombia for further evaluation. Right then and there, first time in my life i'm ever faced with the reality of losing someone close to me it had never happened for me before not at that level at least i go down to colombia uh and i'm there for about a uh, I, well, I don't remember how long i was there for but i'm there with my family and god had to bring me to a place where i could say you know what, God, if my, if my dad lives, I'm going to praise you. If my dad dies, I'm going to praise you because it says in your word that all things work together for our good, for those that love God and were called according to his purpose. And if that is true, if that is true, then I have to believe, I have to believe that even in this situation, if I were to lose my dad, I know that somehow it's all going to work together for our good. So in this situation, he brought me to a place where I was able to detach 
from people. So, and that's the part that sounds right. Um, kind of, kind of, kind of harsh. I don't need things, and I don't need people. Now, when I say that, that doesn't mean I don't love my family. It doesn't mean that I don't, you know, cherish those relationships because I absolutely do. But if it were all to be taken care of me, heavens forbid, God forbid, if I were to lose my wife, if I were to lose my kids and all that stuff, yes, would I be sad? Absolutely. But I know that all things work together for my good. So in spite of the feelings that will come, I know that I'm going to be okay. So my happiness is no longer dependent, number one, on things. Lesson number one. My happiness, my joy, my peace, my satisfaction is no longer dependent on people. Lesson number two. And like I said in my mastermind meeting when I was talking to those guys, you know what? I look at my life right now and I am happy. I am at peace. I am not worried. I I feel like I'm in a great place. Number two, with the not needing people or not my 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 joy, my peace not being dependent on people. That experience with my dad brought me to that place, and it brought me to the place that when my mom died three years ago, I was okay. Was I sad? Absolutely. Do I get sad when I think about the fact that my mom is no longer on this earth? She is no longer here. When my kids do something that is so awesome and that I would normally pull out my phone and call her and show it and tell her about it and all that kind of stuff, she's not around for those things anymore. Does that make me sad? Absolutely. Do I lose my peace? Do I lose my joy? No. Because I know that all things work together for my good. So to recap, lesson number one. My happiness, my joy, my peace is not dependent on things. I don't need things. Lesson number two. My happiness, my joy, my peace is not dependent on people. I don't need people in order to be any of those things. And lesson number three, and this is, this is where, this is where it all comes together. And it's all come together for me in the last few months of waking up in the morning and spending that time and spending that time and spending that time. If I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then I all those things will be added onto me. You see where I'm going with that? I don't need things. 
I don't need people. But if I seek God first, he is going to provide the things and he is going to provide the, the people. He's going to provide those opportunities for me to have those conversations with people that can have that kind of impact. He is going to provide the resources that I need in my life, in my business, in my just like when I was walking in the streets of Germany not knowing where I was going to get my food from and he provided all of that junk. Why would I need to worry about anything? Why do I need to worry about anything? If it's true that if I seek first God's kingdom, all this stuff is going to be added onto me. Why do I, what do I have to worry about? You tell me. Do I worry about a pandemic? No. No. Does that mean that I'm frivolous with what I do and I just don't care because it doesn't affect? No, that junk has real effects. <laughs> That's the reality is the pandemic right now affects so much. Do I worry about it? No. Because if that other stuff that I said is true, worrying, it doesn't make sense for me. Let's go to the last part of this unprepared conversation. <laughs> As I'm studying in the Bible and I'm reading this one begat this one, um, Seth begat Enos and Enos begat Canaan and Canaan uh, begat Mahalalel. And Mahalalel begot Jared, and Jared begot Enoch. And then it says, And Enoch walked with God. And then he eventually continues on and says, And <laughs> Enoch begot Methuselah, and Methuselah begot Lamech, and Lamech begot Noah. And, and then it went into the story of the flood. I always read that, and I thought, Wait, 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 wait a minute. There's something, <laughs> there's something different in there. And I think you got it because I intentionally paused. All is begat, 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 begat. And Enoch walked with God? What does that mean? Like, what? <laughs> Are you going to just throw that in there and then move on? Like, oh, by the way, yeah, this dude walked with God and, and let's continue on with the begatting and the begatting. What, what does that mean? What does it mean that Enoch walked with God? And then later on, it talks about how Enoch was taken up into heaven and yada, yada, yada. I found myself in reading the Bible, in studying the Bible, you know, there's a place in Joshua where it, it, um, uh, it, it talks about the day when Joshua and, and his army were fighting against uh, the five kings and uh, because of the Gibeonites and, and the context of the story doesn't matter too much, but he commanded the sun to st stand still. And then in there it says, as it was written in the book of Jasher. And I found myself thinking, wait, the book of Jasher? What's this book of Jasher thing? So I started doing research and I found some references to the book of Jasher. And I got the book of Jasher and I started reading through the book of Jasher. Now there are some interesting things in the book of Jasher that in some ways are questionable. But the story of Enoch, it actually went into a ton of detail 
about the life of Enoch. And here are some of the things that it, 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 it said about Enoch. Enoch was the kind of guy, you know, he was living in the world. This was around a time where things were getting really crazy. You know, this is soon before the flood. Um, and he kind of got turned off from all the stuff that was happening in the world. And he wanted to spend more time with God. And, and some of the details of this might be a little hazy, but this is what I got from it. He would go off for a few days at a time into the, 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 the mountains or the wilderness and he would spend time with God and then he would come back for a few days and spend some time with people and just relating with people and having conversations with people. And then, you know, he wanted to go and spend more time with God. So he would go and he would spend you know, a week, uh, he, like he spent six days in the, the wilderness just with God, intense time. And then he'd come back for a day or two or something of that sort. And he'd be with the regular folk. And then, you know, at a certain point, it, it got to him, man, I need, I need more of this time with God thing. So he'd go out for a month and he'd spend an entire month, you know, just communing with God. And then he'd come back for a few days. Eventually, a year. This dude is gone for a year with God. What like studying and relating to this the creator of it all, and then he'd come back for a little while. Um, and when I read that, I, I'm thinking to myself, that is crazy. But as a result of him doing that, as a result of him seeking first the kingdom of God, this guy would come back from his time with God. And, and start teaching people and start communing with people. And the people's hearts were being changed and they would follow after him. Like people would come from all around just to be with this Enoch dude because he had something that was different from anything they'd gotten anywhere else. Because he spent so much time with God, he was like a magnet attracting the people that were searching for something. They were searching for something bigger than themselves, and they saw it in this guy, Enoch. And it went on to explain, you know, that, you know, when it was time for him to go to heaven, uh, he, you know, got on, he, he, he started going on this journey to go to heaven and the people would follow. And he would say, hey, you know, God said he's coming, to, they're, they're taking me to heaven. I don't know what's going to happen. And I, I recommend for you guys to go back because I don't know if you're going to live. I don't know if you're going to die please go back. And some people would go, but the rest would be like, no, we're following you. Even if we die, we're following you. And they continued following him. And eventually when he was taken up to heaven in after about seven days or something of that sort, um, the people that remained with him, they disappeared. And when they sent people to try to find those people, what they found was a bunch of snow covering that entire area and it it seemed to indicate that the people were under that i don't know so what i'm saying now is not necessarily you have to go and get the book of jasher and everything that's in the book of jasher is true and yada 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 i don't fully know i don't 
But what intrigued me about this is the way they, they described and gave more detail to this, this, this kind of, this, this quick statement of, and Enoch walked with God. He spent a considerable amount of time and actually in the beginning, he spent so much time with God for years um, that at some point God told him, okay, you know what? I need, there's crazy stuff happening over there. I need you to go back and show them who I am. And Enoch walked with God. It made it, it's brought me to the place where I've asked myself the question, what would it look like if I walked with God? What would it look like if I sought first the kingdom of God? If I spend the time with this creator of this entire universe and let him show me where he wants me to be, what he wants me to do, what he wants me to say, what he wants me to record, what videos he wants me to make, what, who, who he brings my way, what conversations he facilitates. What insight comes my way? Who I approach when I am dealing with a specific issue in my business? How I relate to my kids? How I relate to my wife? How I relate to my, my friends? And I'm not talking about from a legalistic perspective of you know, this is what God says about such and such uh, in the book of such and such. So I'm going to go and do now. Yeah, there is some of that. But what if it all came out of a relationship where someone can say. Um, uh, Nathaniel begat uh, Antonio, Hubert Antonio Samuel and Hubert Antonio Samuel begat Leslie Samuel and Leslie Samuel walked with God and Leslie begat Noah and Noah begat whoever and blah 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 what if what if that were the case for my life and then I find myself asking why would I not want that why would I not want that and when I think about my motivation, that's what I want. That is what I want above everything else. Take away my business. Take my, away my ability to travel. Take away, no, don't take away my family. But if my family were to be taken away, um, take away whatever. Give me that. And then let's see what it means when it says, and all these things would be added unto you. I want to know what that looks like, yo. 
I want to feel that. I want to experience that. I want that. I want that. I just want that. Talk about motivation. That's what I want. How does that look practically? First of all, I am not saying that I'm recording this episode to try to convince you that this is how you have to do what you do or anything of that sort. No. This is, this is literally the Leslie Samuel show. I'm sharing with you right now what I'm going through and how I'm thinking through things. What I'm thinking through now, I wasn't thinking two weeks ago. I wasn't thinking two months ago. I wasn't thinking a year ago. It's because of the stuff that I've been doing, the stuff that, has been, that God has been impressing on me. So how does it look practically? The reality is, I don't know. I don't have a five-step, um, <laughs> a seven-step process for making that happen. Just like I didn't know where my food was going to come from when I was in Germany. I just knew it would be taken care of. But the things that I'm going to be doing, when I go back home, one of the first things is I'm taking a weekend. I'm taking a weekend where I leave my phone at home, I leave my computer at home. I, I used to do this thing where I go for a few days into a hotel and I just get a ton done in my business and it just sets me up for the next X number of weeks and months. Um, and it was great. When I go home, I'm going to take a weekend. I'm going with my Bible. I'm going with my Kindle because that's a big part of my Bible study. I'm going with a whiteboard because that's also part of my Bible study. Um, and some dry erase markers and erasers. I'm not going with any food. I'm just going with water. And I'm going to fast and pray and study. I'm going to try to start the year out with that foundation. That's number one. Number two, the main focus of my life, the main focus of my business is going to be this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and haul his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. My guiding principle for 2021 is that this is true. So I'm going to study. I'm going to spend time. I'm going to, that's going to be the bulk of what I do. And as he leads me to do all the other stuff, I'm going to do it. As I'm going into a conversation with a client, I'm going to be there fully. As I engage on social media, I'm going to listen to who he says to reach out to. I'm going to reach out to them and we're going to talk. We're going to go deep. I'm going deep rather than wide. That is my focus. My focus is him. And then as he inspires me to go deep, I go deep. Will everything I do be optimized? No. Will I be doing the best job that I can on social media? Probably not. Do I care? Absolutely not. I'm no longer posting for likes. I'm posting for impact. 
I'm posting for relationship. I'm posting to get to know others, for them to get to know me. Because I believe that this world just needs more love. This world needs more. This, no, this world needs more God. Take it or leave it. That's what I believe. Does that mean all of my posts are Bible texts and spiritual things? No, because I like to have fun. And in having fun, I do weird things sometimes. It's not changing my personality. It is giving myself the freedom to be completely me. Some people are going to like it. Some people are not. I don't care. Because I'm not doing it to please you. My role in life is not to please you. I'm not a people pleaser. I'm going to be fully and authentically me. But it's going to be me focused on God. And everything else that comes is a reflection of that focus. I see the majority of my day being studying. I see the majority of my day being communing with this, this, this creator of everything. I see some of my day where I'm doing what you would typically describe as work. And I want to see where it leads. I don't know where it leads. It might lead to him saying, well, we got to change how, how you think you're going to do things a little bit or a whole lot. And that's all good. Because you know what? I'm a speck of dust on this speck of dust that in comparison to the speck of the dust is even more of a speck of dust. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. But you get what I'm saying. What if it's true? What if it's true that if ye seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all those other things will be added to you? What if it's true? I want to see if it is. And I look forward to that. That's the end of this episode. What is my message to you? I don't know that I have a message. Maybe the message, you know what? I'm going to assume that whatever the message needs to be for you from this episode, I'm going to assume that you got it. And I wish for you that whatever it is you are feeling in response to this episode, that you explore it. I'm not giving you a particular way to explore it. I'm just saying, explore it. And if you're confused, I know somebody that has all the answers. Go to him. I got nothing. <laughs> All right. Man, thank if it's 55 minutes in. If you're still here, thank you for spending the time with me. And I wish you all the best. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And let's do this. <laughs>